0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three ends April 3rd, 2023. Void were prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome everybody
1: into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast. I am Ethan Schutt, joined as always by my brother Ryan and our man Philip Russell. And gentlemen... It's It's good to have all of us together. I don't want to get all moshi, uh, m- moshi that is emotional and mushy, in case you guys hadn't figured out what that one meant. Uh, don't want to get all emotional and gross, but I missed you guys. This is this and is the first episode in two or three where
0: uh got the gang back together. This might be the most emotional team reunion this week. <laughs> you couldn't
1: even make it a minute before some petty dumb Clay Thompson comment. You're the worst, man. Just the absolute worst. And Philip, I'm glad to have you. I'm happy that Clay Thompson is back. I know that within your heart, there's still a chamber that is for your warriors basketball, and, but not even warriors, just the love of the game. So I'm happy for you. I'm happy that we're no longer sick. So we're all together again. Uh, this thing only uh, only works for all here together. So good thing. No one's uh, taking any new jobs anytime soon or, Moving across the country. Ryan, do you, uh,
0: don't you agree that that'd be a horrible thing to break something good up? Uh, I do. But you know, with today's modern technology, is moving across the country really breaking anything up thanks to products like Zoom and others, not a sponsor, not an ad? That's true.
1: Uh, on the uh, personal levels, now that I think it's as public as it can be, and anyone that listens here doesn't know anything about your employers, Ryan is <laughs> taking a new job, moving to Florida which is going to be weird messing up our time zones. But if all goes well, we can have a, a beat reporter at all games in Orlando and Miami. Just, you know, expense is not paid for sure, but you can. No, go I was, already talking, I was already
0: talking to, to Dave King and he was already talking about getting me uh, media passes and everything. So we're good.
1: I absolutely can guarantee you that that didn't happen, but I'm really excited for you anyway. Uh, and then Philip, in, in terms of baby watch, where are we at now? Counting down the days, checking the clock, checking the watch. Four months away. Four months till the more than likely future point guard of the Chicago Bulls is brought to this
0: earth. Talk about glass ceilings being broken. Wait a
1: second. I'm sorry. Do we have a? Do we need a recount? That's on you. Three months. Three months. Hey, it's three. (laughs) Good. Good. Hey, good. Bad.
2: I'm. I'm bad at the math. Didn't use my finger that. This first is uh, this is why you teach. Much. This is
1: why you teach smarty pants, smarty pants English and not math. But uh, good stuff all around. Happy to have you guys back. Happy to have most of the Phoenix Suns back. We talked about travel issues and health issues, and it looks like the majority of the Suns are back together by the end of this past week, except for I think Landry Shamit being the only leftover in health and protocol land. So we've got a good week to talk about in
0: terms of.
1: Basketball
0: news news did just break that cam johnson will actually be missing the raptors game tomorrow with an apparent ankle injury um not much news on that kellen olsen uh said he would ask monty in the press conference about that um but we did just get an update that cam has some
2: sort of ankle injury so um eyes are going to be watching that for sure over the next couple of days and what's tough about that when you just said that he has an ankle injury I know exactly when it happened. It happened in the fourth quarter really late against the heat on a drive to the basket. He twisted his ankle. I'm going to, I watched the games on mute. I don't think that's a surprise to either of you two. Wait a second.
1: You don't enjoy listening to, to certain people
2: talk very no. Okay, go ahead. That's fine. I said it. (laughs) Uh, So it was really late and I was surprised he was still in the game, which is, that's just a bummer when a good player gets hurt that late in the game, but they showed a replay and he, he twisted that ankle. Like it looked, you know, that kind of ankle toast where it looks like your ankle probably hit the ground. It was one of those. So I'm glad that it seems to be not too serious because it looked pretty ugly.
1: Well, first I got emotional over our reunion. Now I'm getting emotional about my boy going down. This <laughs> is uh this is tough, but you know, I'm hopefully nothing too bad there, but. Goodness, I think between December and most of January, the Suns have not been at full strength. Booker obviously had his long hiatus, with I think it was a hamstring. Then he comes back, COVID stuff starts hitting, Frank gone. Uh, some folks are already riding the bench for injuries. It's It's nice to almost get everyone back. I hate hearing that about Cam. But, but this week was getting close to return to form in terms of what normal should look like. I, I do think there are some on-court signs that people have been missing time and they aren't exactly clicking like they were. But um, to recap, the week in Suns basketball, since the last time we talked, started off with a 123-110 to 110 win over the Pelicans. Um, overall, it was one of those games I never felt too concerned. Did take a nice run at the end of the game, kind of seal it, put it away with around – Five minutes left in the fourth, and it was kind of over from there. Followed up with a win that I enjoyed very much, given my distaste of the Clippers, 106-89. to 89. And then the, the big kind of blot on the record, the big question mark over everything. Suns lose 123-100 to 100 to the Miami Heat. In a game that we will talk about, I think there was a lot of stuff going very, very right for the Heat, but there was also plenty going wrong for the Suns. So, lots to talk about for sure, gentlemen. First
0: thoughts before we kind of go into our weekly highs, lows, and just so you know, uh, one of the things I've I've noticed just this week is, um, you know, we're COVID aside, we are in the part of the season where bumps and bruises start arising, uh, and you know, taking the heat the heat game out of the picture, I've been impressed with how we've been riding through that so far, uh, and uh, and I'm hoping even with things like Cam Johnson's injury, Shamit being out frank surgery that, you know, we'll keep riding and playing well, uh, even through kind of the more tumultuous part of the season as we get really into the heart of things.
1: Yep. No, I'm I'm with you. I think you can't be upset with a 30 and nine record, no matter how you want to slice that one. Uh, Philip, anything before we get into the uh, the goods of the episode, if you will?
2: It's not an overall point. I've really liked Alfred Payton the last couple of weeks when he's been in the game. Against the, against the Clippers, especially this week, the Clippers got some dogs on their team, and they are they are tough, and they have some strong players. And Alfred came in, and he just went toe-to-toe toe to toe with the Clippers, and I really appreciated it. And, in fact, he had the highest plus-minus box score of anybody that game. Take a guess if you don't know. What do you think Alfred Payton's plus-minus was against the Clippers?
1: I won't, I won't look. I was opening up my box score, but I'm not going to look um they won by 17
2: 17 plus 12 Mm I was gonna go 14 plus 23 whoa good and if you go back and watch the game it'll make sense he made life incredibly difficult on the Clippers which here's a big picture even beyond this week I like Alfred Payton on the bench He is, he is in the vein of a Javon Carter without the three-point shooting, but that tenacious defender who's going to come in off the bench and you're gonna have one job, lock it down defensively. And he's he's shown something. He's shown an ability that can be useful come playoff time. I'm on I'm on board with Alfred Payton.
1: I actually remember seeing that after the game because I usually just kind of look through all of it. And the reason I remember it is Justin Jackson. And for those listening, not Josh Jackson, number four overall pick and bust, Justin Jackson. Uh, he was a plus 18 because I and I remember seeing that after the game, and be like what on earth happened? And there was a three, four minute run where the Suns went on a tear with Peyton and Jackson. I don't remember who else was rounding at that group. I think I think it was with was Payne out there with Peyton at one point. I can't remember. It was a weird group and they went on this little tear. And so the plus minus afters looked so funky to me. Uh, No, I agree. And and shout out to the folks at the timeline pod, uh, Mike and Sam, who we all love very much and love their work. When they were doing a free agency kind of breakdown of what Peyton could bring, they said the number one stat for him that the Suns were missing was his ability to get to the rim. He did it at a rate and a success rate better than anyone the Suns had last year. And although you're focusing on the defensive end, offensively, I'm, that came to me too, like just watching. And Campaign's got that to some extent, but Elford just seems so efficient getting to the rim uh, and actually finishing, not always dumping it off.
2: His, another big thing that he does as a guard is he doesn't turn the ball over. The last six games, he has two turnovers. Now he's not racking up a bunch of assists, but if one of your backup guards is going to come in and take care of the ball like that, That's, that's solid. That's what we're looking for.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And it's again, two and one is a good week of basketball. 30 and nine is a great record. You love to see it, but I'm, I'm starting now to get uh, more questions than I would like to have when it comes to some of these losses. And I know we're going to touch on that in just a moment with the heat game. But with that said, we move on to the not famous, but beloved by those that listen, Maybe at least beloved by those who are part of the podcast. Our highs, our lows, and our just so you knows in Phoenix Suns basketball. Our highs talking about the good stuff, talking about what makes us feel good. Our highs in Phoenix Suns basketball sometimes are stats, sometimes they're storylines, sometimes it's just stuff we want to talk about. Uh, we are known to have the occasional wild card in the group that talks about. Stories from Ikea's and Snowfall and other things that Only are Only for the just so you know. <laughs> not basketball related at all. I'm just saying anything can happen. Uh, but, Philip, let's go ahead and get it started. Your high in Phoenix Suns basketball for this past week. I'm going
2: to have a theme for this Ooh, week. And I think you're going to pick up on it pretty quickly. My high for the week is Jalen Smith playing center. I bet you can already guess what my low is, but we'll hold off on it for... For a while. So against the Clippers, 19 and 14, 19 points, 14 rebounds on nine of 17 from the field, one of two from three, the guards and the wings started playing off him well. One of my favorite things that the Suns do is they clear out one side of the court and they run a pick and roll. And if they get a switch onto a guard where one of their centers has a guard on them and the guard tries to front, it's usually Cam Johnson or Mikhail Bridges will flash to the nail get the pass from the wing and then it's an easy dump in for the big to get a layup they started doing that with Jalen and that's something you see a lot with Mikhail and DA so with him at the five on offense some of the offensive sets were flowing a little bit better but then on the offensive end Jalen was a menace at the five on the offensive boards he was so active And he didn't have a ton of rebound. 14 is a good amount of rebounds. He didn't have a ton of rebounds throughout the course of the week, but he's so involved and he gets his hands on so many missed shots, but he's mainly in position to do that when he's playing the five and then against the Pelicans, he had foul trouble, but he was still 12 of five on four of seven from the field and two of three from deep. So the kids, the kids got it. He's played really well at the five and I'm a big fan. I think his energy is great. He's doing the little things well when he's getting the guards on and sealing against smaller defenders. I'm a fan.
1: Yeah. And apologies to those who I would deem regular listeners that decided to listen to last week's episode where we may have gone a little bit long. And a big part of that was a very thorough breakdown of everything Jalen Smith. And it was mainly because it was months in the making of finally having something to break down. But I feel like he just picked up where we left off in our conversation about what he was doing right. The confidence keeps growing. The the thing I wasn't expecting was how great he would be on the offensive glass. And to your point, he's a menace. He's going up for everything. He's getting those loose balls and tips, and he's, he's showing a lot, and I don't know if it's to be trade bait somewhere else or to be developed internally, but I'm really intrigued, and I don't want to step on your toes of, of other points, but it's going to be interesting seeing how the big minutes end up getting up, pushed around with yep. BMBO coming in now, Frank being out for even longer. So uh, a lot to talk about there
2: for sure. Yeah, just one more point about about Jalen on the offensive glass, even if he's not getting the offensive rebound on the plays where he tips the ball up and it takes an extra second and a half, two seconds for the defense to secure the rebound. That's more time for the guards and wings to get back on defense. And you want if you're the Suns, you want teams to have to go at you in the half court because there's such a good half court. Usually we'll say such a good half court defense so when he's when he's playing like that he's contribute from the offensive end he's contributing to the defensive end as well yeah,
0: good point ryan high in phoenix suns basketball for the week my high is that it doesn't seem that the covid impact was as big as it could be Um, Just generally, DeAndre Ayton has even come out and said he was asymptomatic through the whole thing, that he felt like um, an innocent man who had been in prison. Um, Of course. And I say all that to say, you know, a lot of times with COVID, you don't know how players are going to react, especially when it comes to long term things like fatigue uh, and how their body responds. And so far, as best we can tell, um, aside from, you know, a slow night against the heat when we got everybody back that first time, I think some of that was more. Um, just being out of rhythm and out of sync from being off court. Uh, it doesn't look like we were that heavily impacted by by COVID with as many players as we had out. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm just thankful for, for their health. I'm thankful for them personally, but also for what it means for, for the team. Uh, my high is that it could have been a lot worse and we've seen teams be impacted uh, in a lot worse ways so far. Even players this season saying they're feeling, um, you know, some of the leftovers of what they dealt with from some of the earlier variants, you know, um, I just think, you know, as, as a whole, we have come through this rather unscathed Landry Shamit still being out and, and waiting to see what happens with him, but uh, all things being equal, we, we had a really easy go of it. It seems like and I, that's, that's my eye just from a team perspective this week.
1: No, I think, I think that is a very good point and a good reminder uh, outside of the basketball world to be, to be grateful and appreciative of, of those things for them as people. Um, my high. I'm not I'm not one to to victory lap always. Sometimes I will. And I didn't know if I was gonna hold off or just so you know, like I did last time, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh go ahead and toot my horn real quick, if you will, in the most normal way possible. The Suns played basketball on a Thursday this past week. Phillip, do you know what happens on Thursdays?
2: Cam Johnson goes batty.
1: Cam Johnson Thursdays, ladies and gentlemen. If you listened last week and thought I was insane. I get it. That's fine. You needed some hard evidence, but then against the Clippers, Cam Johnson wasted no time letting you know that I might know a thing or two about days of the week and basketball (laughs) Cam Johnson on Thursday against the Clippers immediately after my Cam Johnson Thursday rant. He was either going to prove me right or make me look like an absolute moron and very grateful that he made me look good shooting nine of 14 from the field, four of seven from three should have been four of six, but he did decide to heave up a corner three that was ill-advised. I, I must, he must not have understood what we were going for here, but to tally with that seven rebounds, 24 points, the dude was on one. It's great to see. And for those in a cam Johnson Thursday, watch, I get it. I'm right there with you. Go ahead and mark your calendars for January 20th, Suns-Mavs on a Thursday night on TNT. Now, I'm not saying the whole world is going to pick up on Cam Johnson Thursdays, but I'm hoping I can get a few but boy, more. boy, are you trying. I'm hoping a few more disciples start joining, joining the club because we need to be ready for TNT to pick up on Cam Johnson Thursdays and see what we've been talking about.
2: The other thing that I really appreciated besides his offensive outburst was there were several times when Cam went toe-to-toe with what Morris twin is on the Marcus with Marcus Morris senior. I was impressed that cam was scoring while also carrying a pretty heavy load defensively where cam and McHale were switching back and forth on and off of Marcus Morris. And he was getting quite a few post touches. So he was playing a physical game on the defensive end and then still had that kind of efficient outburst on the offensive end, which was, which was great.
1: I mean, the, the halftime guys, I think it was TNT they did like a whole segment at the big board talking about Cam Johnson. And I was just like, it's happening guys. It's happening. Um, and for the future, if you ever need to remember which Morris is which, just remember that Mark Heath is currently out of the league with a Jokic related whiplash incident. True. So uh, thoughts and prayers for him. Uh, and we move past, sorry, man, the Morris wins have earned no favor in Phoenix suns books uh, moving on to our lows. And I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with it's. It's a very obvious one. Uh, but it's still worth mentioning uh, Devin Booker just off week started strong against the Pelicans. Again, not saying that means a whole lot, but it oh, rough, rough week for book and even one night could have looked worse if it weren't for one saving grace against the Clippers. He shot five of 22, 0 of seven from three and finished the game with a minus six in the plus minus the only player on the team in the minuses because it was a 17 point win. And then he followed it up, which was, I was hoping to be a bounce back game shooting five of 15 from the field against the heat. Now the crazy thing is he was incredibly inefficient inside the three point line. He ended up shooting three of five from behind the arc and his stats looked even better. Cause he went 13 of 13 from the free throw line ending up with 26 points but he was a minus 22. To his credit, just the way the starters reserve minutes went, you will also see Bridges was a minus 24. Ayton was a minus 23. Camp Johnson was a minus 17. The only people in the pluses were the bench unit who actually clawed back in and kept the game relatively close at time. But the starters just looked, looked bad. Um, and I'm going to give most of that to what Ryan already mentioned. Maybe it's the Regelling, maybe it's playing in your first row game in a while for those that have been out. but Booker just looked bad, and Booker's been playing, so it, I'm not going to say it's worth like a concern to be had in the future, but if you're looking for an easy low for this week, I think I think Devin Booker can take the cake there with me. Uh, Ryan, hopefully you weren't putting all your eggs in the Booker
0: basket, uh, what you got for your low for the week. My low is more of a question for you guys.. Um, introspective so last season what was our main complaint with the way our roster was built the lack of big depth I would assume yes so my question to you now is with JaVale Aiton Kaminsky coming back maybe sometime Dario coming back maybe sometime and sticks playing really well are we too big and Bismack daddy yeah and Bismack so in Bismack are we too big at this point So going into the playoffs, you've got really wing-heavy teams. Um, Are we too big? And tied to that question, does that indicate maybe moves by trade deadline to get smaller? That's, I don't know. I just feel weird about the way our roster is built at the moment. So it's not really a low. But just in kind of looking at it, it feels lopsided at this point.
1: An inquisitive um, low. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So I just I thought That's I would it. put that to you guys, see what you think. But Philip, I'll let you take that one first and then I'll give you my two
1: cents.
2: Yeah. So my low, Ryan, in my notes, says Jalen at the four parentheses, uh, yeah. Also <laughs> roster construction. And those those two things are linked. Those two things are linked together. Jalen was 04 with two points and five rebounds against the Heat, and he started He started off playing the four when he came out there with JaVale. It's it's just not it. He's not not a four right now. He's a center. And that's maybe against some teams like Memphis who are going to roll Triple J and Steven Adams out at the same time. Maybe he can come in and play the four just for defensive purposes. But when he played without JaVale, he was so much better especially on the offensive boards. And I think what it does to kind of link our two ideas together, Ryan, is it brings up, I think the biggest question actually is, who would you rather have as your backup big currently, JaVale or Jalen? Because it seems like one of those two guys is your trade piece.
1: I don't like that question because it makes me have to
0: answer either way. And that's kind of where I was going is I feel like if we're going to make a move, one of them has to be involved at this point. I I think, and what's the right answer? Well, so let me
1: say this, Philip. then you can keep going. I think we all agree. Aiton is your locked in one and Bismack is your locked in. I would say if you made a chain, if you made a chain, sorry, he would be your locked in three center. Like he would, he is your third center going into the playoffs. If he is there, which means stuck in the middle, Jalen, and Javale, one of those dudes goes somewhere because Bismack's always going to be at the bottom. But you know what he brings? He's cheap. Defensively, you can throw him out there if you're doing a finals repeat, uh, and just say, "Hey, please be a brick wall" as this large Greek man runs at you. So yeah, if if you had to make a decision today, Philip, who who would you keep around between
2: Javale and Jalen? Jalen. He. That's what I'm it's, thinking too, but I don't a, like it. It's a ceiling question. The Suns are in a really odd spot right now where you look at guys like Jay Crowder and Chris Paul and you go, when, now, when, this year? But then you look at guys like Booker and Bridges and Ayton and Johnson and then Smith maybe and you go, long-term, Jalen is the better is the better fit again today if you have to make a decision Jalen is progressing right now in a way that makes sense in the long run and he's only going to get better and he's you would assume only going to get bigger as well which is where Mm -hmm. his weak spot is currently so if you can keep if you can keep DA Jalen and then have Bismack who's shorter than Jalen, but stout mm-hmm. on, on the he, on the block. The, he if you can keep him there, that that seems like a reasonable a reasonable three big rotation to take into the playoffs. Because again, to Ryan's point, the roster has a good bit of redundancy right now, and I think that's something the Suns need to address. Because I think Suns fans are going to be screaming for a wing or a guard here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yep. No, I agree. Uh, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen, but it'll definitely be interesting to watch the team as the trade deadline approaches. Uh, we're not going to be out there putting out articles with 25 trade pieces and where they go, because that's just not what we do. But we will read them and we will see what's going on in the NBA world around us. It, yeah, man, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. You can't you can't expect that to work in the playoffs. So something to keep your eye on, Ryan. Phillip, appreciate those thoughts from both of you guys kind of beautifully working together, uh, and Philip to kind of round us out. Are just so you know, in Phoenix Suns basketball for the week, what do you got?
2: Basketball is very good. That's the that is good to know. That's the one. All right, here just a couple of things from from this week. Actually, three things. The Heat were so much fun to watch against the Suns. The way the way Duncan and uh, Tyler, especially Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, were just excoriating the sun's defense was incredible
1: 60 60 points between them and i think the heat yep. shot
2: 50% on yeah something stupid from 3 i don't remember what it was i think it was 33 from hero and 27 from robinson but i, I think it was late in the fourth and it, it might have been the shot that put the heat up by 20 again tyler was i think he got a switch onto him and then duncan floated to the corner and hero just threw a bullet of a pass across the court into the corner. Duncan buried the three and you just kind of lifted your hands and go, all right, these guys are just going going off tonight. So that was one. That was really cool. Clay's return was awesome. We don't need to belabor that point. It was great. And then Ja Morant's block and his dunk against the Lakers, so good. And within the context of that game, the Grizzlies absolutely running it up on the Lakers. That was awesome. So here's what I'm saying. Basketball is very good. And you, Phoenix Suns fans, should watch more than just the Suns.
1: That's a good point. That's actually going to tie into my Just So You Know in a second. Ryan, what do you got to,
0: to close this out here with the Just So You knows this week? I don't mean to get political, uh, but there is a time and a place. And I am of the opinion that if you don't vote, you can't complain about who gets elected. Here we are, about a month out from the NBA All Star vote or the All Star weekend, and time is running out. February 20th is all-star weekend. So I would just say the easiest way to get your votes in, uh, is on Twitter using the hashtag of the player name and then hashtag, I believe it's NBA all-star. Um, let me double check that real quick as I make my point. Um, but just get on Twitter. Lots of folks are retweeting things. Um, it's yeah. NBA all hashtag NBA all-star and hashtag player name, get your votes in. Um, we are, we are a fan base that enjoys, uh, the, the complaint after being snubbed, but the only way to avoid that is by getting our votes in and letting our voice get heard. Kendall Jenner hopped on the train last week, uh, pushing Devin Booker's name. I'm hoping that's going to go well, but get your votes in. Uh, it's a kind of a weak sauce, just so you know, but we're a month out and I want to make sure our our guys get, get the attention they deserve. No, I'm, I'm
1: all about it. I do think it is funny. The, the fan base complains about, that And you're like, well, there is a way you can just kind of automatically get them there. But you actually have to go do something about it. And sometimes people just don't want to do that. Uh, my just so you know, and this was kind of spurred on by uh, a piece on The Athletic that came out today or yesterday by Zach Harper. He does the uh, weekly power rankings in the NBA, kind of breaks them up into different groups, starting with the contenders, then on the brink and all that stuff. Uh, and it kind of just made me aware of the landscape of basketball right now. And there's just some really good teams playing really good basketball out in the East. You've got the bulls, the nets and the heat, uh, which is crazy being the top three. And then the bucks coming in at four and those teams are all 10 games above 500 or better. And then in the West, you've got the warriors and Suns at 30 and nine, the jazz at 28 and 12 and the Grizzlies at 28 and 14. That is nuts. The Grizz at four are 28 and 14. And then the next closest team is 22 and 18. So that's a plus 14 above 500 to plus four, five whole games back. If you do the math there, I think with the 10 game gap, that that's a lot of good basketball that you can be watching. I also want to say that just to remind folks that the Grizzlies are good. I saw a lot of really stupid takes about losing to a bad team. Grizzlies are a good team led by an absolute stud with a lot of talent around them. And they are incredibly fun to watch. So if you've not watched the Grizzlies game, get to it. If you've not watched a Bulls game, get to it. We saw the heat and what they can do. Lots of good basketball happening right now.
0: I'm convinced that Russell Westbrook is so bad because Ja Morant space jammed the talent out of him. And Ja's taking everything that made Ja good and just amplified it. And we are seeing... If he feels like a young Westbrook, and it's very fun to watch. See, I, I'm thought, gonna, it was, I'm I gonna thought it was. Draft,
1: I thought it was draft. I thought it was draft and I thought he just took the powers out of Zion out of spite. <laughs> oh, <no.
2: laughs>
1: Sorry. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> hang on.
2: Hang on. Go We're going to end Zion on a positive slander. note. No. no, you guys are you guys are throwing some shade around. We're going to end on a positive note because positivity in the new year. I've never. Or well, not true. I have not seen anything as exciting as John Morant on the basketball court since young, healthy Derrick Rose.
1: Ooh, I like that comparison too. Jaws fun, man. I uh, I, wanted him, I wanted him so bad. I wanted John Morant so bad. He's so fun. Oh, man. Now I'm going to be sad again. What draft was that? 2019 or 20?
0: It wasn't twenty. It would, it would have. It was pre-COVID. Isn't that pre? Is that not pre-COVID?
1: No, twenty was Anthony Edwards, which Timberwolves man. So weird, so weird. Uh, no, I was just interested about who came after Zion and Jaw in that draft.
2: It was RJ, right?
1: I think so, but there's the reason that this pops in my head and is weird. Yeah, there it is. That's the weirdness. I remember having lottery hopes for getting jaw. And I couldn't remember why. Cause I was like, well, we got cam, but it was the Jared Culver. They had the Jared Culver pick. What well, turned into Jared Culver traded back. Cause yeah, I remember being like, man, John ja Morant, He's so fun. He's here in. Was Kentucky. Halliburton.
0: Is that the Halliburton draft too? Um, um It's no big deal. No,
1: I, that was the Jalen Smith draft because people freaked out when they took Jalen over Halliburton right and then right, Halliburton right, went right. a couple after to the Kings at yeah 12 or so weird drafts man weird drafts love it love NBA basketball uh also I'm I hate to say this I am the only big downside to winning is you don't get a lot of fun high draft picks and I really love draft season but anyway what a way to end the show guys so happy we're all back uh Glad the internet exists so that even when Ryan leaves us and breaks our hearts, we can still talk basketball with him and he'll be able to go watch some extra Suns games for us. I get but, to share the good news of the Suns. Yeah. Hey, I've been doing it in Kentucky for a little bit. It's, it's slowly working. I'm up to three friends who talk Suns with me. So, guys, enjoyed it. For Philip and Ryan, I am Ethan. This is Into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast.
2: Yeah.